It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. BYU's got a nice mixture of experience as well as transfers on the back end of their defense. How good can the defensive backs be for BYU this season? We're digging into that and also looking back at a big win for BYU in 2020. You are Locked On Cougars, your daily podcast on the BYU Cougars. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, everybody? I'm Jay Catch, your host here on Locked On Cougars, your resident BYU insider. Thank you for making Locked On Cougars your first listen of the day. Thank you to all of you who are everydayers with us here on the Locked On Podcast Network. A lot to cover ahead on today's show, but a quick reminder that we are your original daily podcast focused on all things BYU sports. And a big thank you once again for all your support, uh, whether you're watching this on YouTube, listening to it via the various podcast uh, services out there. Thank you, thank you, thank you for all of your support. Hope you guys had a fantastic podcast. Pioneer Day holiday. If you got to take the day off or if you had to work, etc. Hope you had some time with family nonetheless. And nonetheless, hope you guys are having a great Tuesday uh, whenever you watch and or listening to this. All right. Uh, we're continuing on here with our position group previews. And today we're going to talk BYU defensive backs. Now, safeties and cornerbacks are something that BYU, if you believe a lot of the the stereotypes about BYU. It's a position that BYU or positions that BYU struggles to recruit elite level athletes at. And I'm not saying that uh, this year's crop of defensive backs are unathletic or they're game-changing type guys on the back end of BYU's defense, but let me just say this. I think that this crop of defensive backs for BYU is far better than we, myself included, might be giving them credit for because I think they absolutely could be part of a big resurgence here for BYU on defense. Now, obviously, they're going to have to make sure they understand what the defense is asking them to do in the new defense coordinated by Jay Hill. They're obviously having to go out and prove themselves capable of running the different concepts he's going to ask of them. The one thing in particular that I am wondering about with regards to this defensive back group, kind of the question that I hope to answer on today's show, is I think that the safety group is going to be very very good, if not outright, maybe one of the best position groups for BYU overall, whereas the cornerbacks have stocked themselves quite nicely with some talent, but how quickly can the guys, transfers and some other uh, returning players, gel and work together, especially when it comes to running man-press concepts, which is what some of the Jay Hill has promised to be part of his defense at BYU. So uh, let's start off talking a little bit about the cornerbacks, because I think this is a position group that BYU hopes can execute what they're looking for, and that is the ability to cover one-on-one. You have to be able to play man-press in this defense. It's something that Jay Hill has used uh, both at his time at Utah as well as his time at Weber State, and he's going to require BYU's cornerbacks, whoever ends up starting for him, to be able to do that. Uh, to boot, he brought in two of his guys from Weber State with him to BYU, both of them via transfer. Uh, first is Eddie Heckard, of course, a former All-American at the FCS level at Weber State, a senior, 5'10", 190 pounds, 
Panetti. I had a great chat with him during spring ball, and you can tell he's very excited to be here and be one of the leaders for BYU's defense simply due to the fact that he's got familiarity with how BYU is running their defense. His former teammate Camden Garrett's doing the same thing, not necessarily as many accolades, but he's also a senior transferring to BYU. Both of these guys, Las Vegas natives, Garrett at 5'11", 181 pound uh, corner. Uh, both of them are going to be guys that other cornerbacks on BYU's roster, whenever something pops up that may not fully understand, they can look to both of these players and say, okay, what is Coach asking of us here? So uh, that's the nice part is you have two established guys who have run this defense for the majority of their careers, if not all of them, and they can come in and really help other corners on BYU's roster understand the concepts. I expect that Jacob Robinson will be starting day one for BYU opposite uh, of whoever it is, whether it's Heckard or Garrett. I think Heckard has the inside track of that position. But Jacob Robinson, a junior from Orem, Utah, Orem High School, uh, formerly a transfer from Utah State. He has got all the ability and absolutely is a guy that I think should have a breakout season this year. He came on very strong down the stretch a year ago. Now, he's not the biggest guy in the world, listed generously at five foot 11, 170 pounds. Uh, it's more about the weight for him, making sure he uh, stays as heavy as he possibly can be because he's a little bit light, but nonetheless, a very, very willing defender and uh, just a, a savvy tackler at the same time, despite his diminutive uh, frame at times. But Remember that tackle he made in that game against SMU to win the game. It was a fantastic form tackle. Came up, head to the side, and just drove through the offensive player and, and got the tackle that saved that game for BYU. So I, I think that those three guys I just listed, Eddie Heckard, Camden Garrett, and Jacob Robinson, probably are going to be your top three cornerbacks for BYU going into training camp. That's not to say that any one of them couldn't be beat out by somebody else on this roster. I'm looking at guys on this list like uh, Maury Bamba, who uh, Maury is uh, just a, he's a an Adonis, I guess is the easiest way to say it when it comes to cornerbacks. Six foot three, 180 pounds, looks every bit the part of a prototypical cornerback coming to BYU. Spent last year working mainly with the scout team, getting up to speed after transferring in from Tyler Junior College. But Bamba looks like the dude that BYU would love to have manning one of their corner positions as a starter at some point. Can he ultimately realize his potential and become just that for BYU? We're going to find out a lot, I think, in training camp because he's got the elite side the BYU would like to have at their cornerbacks, and that's something that uh, you've seen Gennaro Guilford, their position group coach, recruit over the years. He likes guys who are six foot or six foot or, or taller. In the case of a guy like uh, uh, Maury Bomb, is six three. He absolutely craves that. But this year, it looks like at least roster wise, he's going to have a lot of guys who may be a little bit smaller than he's traditionally worked with. Because as I mentioned, Jacob Robinson five five foot eleven, Eddie Heckard five ten, Camden Garrett five eleven. But there are other guys on this roster that he's recruited under a previous defensive uh, philosophy. Philosophy that he hopes can get up to speed and hopefully challenge for some playing time as well. Those uh, two of them uh, would be uh, Zion Allen as well as Evan Johnson. Both of them were freshmen a year ago who redshirted. Uh, very skinny, both of them, but both quite tall. Six foot one for Zion William, Zion Allen as well as Evan Johnson. Weight for both of them. Allen, 160 pounds, is absolutely going to have to continue to add weight to be effective, it feels like, in his role. Whereas Johnson, at 175 pounds, has got more of the size you're looking for. And the hope is that those two can take a step forward during training camp and start to establish themselves in the pecking order. They also have guys coming in via the junior college ranks. Jaden Dunlap from Cerritos College has got really nice size at 6'1", 173 pounds. He has not made much of an impression so far for BYU, but the hope is that he will start to establish himself in training camp as well. But the guy I'm uh, most excited for personally 
is a guy that I thought had his moments during spring ball. And if he continues to build on them, I think he could find himself potentially starting at some point this season. That's Marcus McKenzie. Obviously, the son of former BYU running back Brian McKenzie, his twin brother, uh, is on a mission right now. But Marcus returned from his mission in time for spring ball and showed flashes. Uh, obviously, he was kind of knocking off uh, some of the mission rust uh, at six foot 172 pounds, an absolute speedster. At corner with very good size, speaking of McKenzie. And if he can start to really come into his own, he could absolutely be that third or fourth cornerback for BYU as soon as midseason, it feels like, if not out of training camp. So I, I like the combination of bodies here for BYU at corner because I feel like you've got a nice blend of size, experience, and just potential amongst all of them. But the question is, who is going to make up that, essentially the top four? They don't really like to go much deep beyond uh, the top four. Also, who will establish themselves as a nickel cornerback? Could that be an Eddie Heckard where he moves inside ultimately and realizes he's a better player at that position, opening up a position on the outside for BYU's defense? At that nickel position, I could see any one of a combination of potentially a guy like Jacob Boren having a resurgent training camp after dealing with some injuries during spring ball this year. He has proven at times in past defensive uh, seasons for BYU to be very, very good. Uh, the question about other guys are include Dylan Flowers, a transfer from Southern Utah. How good can he ultimately become? Obviously, he has got an ability at 5'11", 180 pounds, and about having already played at Southern Utah, he's going to be looking to establish himself. Quentin Rice has dealt with multiple injuries during his time at BYU, but talking about the size aspect, Quentin Rice has got exactly what you want. 6'1", 195 pounds out of Las Vegas area. He's more of like your prototypical size. 6'1", a little bulkier at that corner position and can probably hold up a little bit better against the run, but... Any one of these guys have got to think in training camp, that position, I absolutely can go out and earn it. Because like I said, the the two leaders, it feels like, because of their familiarity with this defense, are Eddie Heckard and Camden Garrett. But it's anybody's game beyond that. And that's that's the positive if you're a BYU cornerback, is you're looking at this saying, okay, I've got to obviously impress Gennaro Guilford. He's got a relationship with most of, the, most of these guys, having recruited the vast majority of them to come to BYU. But at the same time, Jay Hill, as the defensive coordinator, has a brand new fil- brand new philosophy that he's brought to BYU's defense, a whole new alignment and scheme that they're going to be deploying this season. So you've got to be thinking, okay, maybe if I wasn't necessarily fitting the old system, can I go out and impress enough to earn playing time in this system? And that's that's got to be the hope for any one of these guys going into training camp. But uh, yeah, it's a little bit unsettled at corner just because, like I said, the blend of transfers in and out of the program, not transfers out, but transfers into the program combined with holdovers from the previous defensive scheme Scheme, as well as incoming players, like I mentioned, like a Jaden Dunlap and Dylan Flowers transferring. There's so many options here for BYU to utilize. And the other thing about this is you've got to have those guys who have been stars at the FCS level and Eddie Heckard and Camden Garrett prove that they can be Power 5 caliber athletes. Uh, Eddie is a guy that's coming to BYU because he had NFL scouts tell him they wanted to see him play at the highest level to prove himself at that level. If everything goes according to plan for a guy like that in particular, he very well could find himself as a mid-round pick in the NFL draft next year and obviously that's what he's gunning for here so that, that that's the positive it feels like for BYU is going into training camp the corners there's a nice blend of athleticism size speed and obviously experience the bigger question it feels like for cornerback is to find the right combination of guys we talked about this with the offensive line yesterday finding the right combination of guys who work best together out there on the field and then put them in the position 
to go out and do what they do. Now, on the flip side, I mentioned right off the top that I feel like the safety position for BYU, in my mind, has fewer questions than the corners do just because I think there's enough established guys in the defensive backfield at that safety group. But we'll talk more about those guys because they're going to have to prove themselves to a new defensive coordinator as well as a new position coach who happens to be the same guy in Jay Hill. We'll talk about that here in just a moment. Now, first, a word on our friends over at eBay Motors. For a championship team, it's all about making sure every player is a perfect fit. It's the same when it comes to your vehicle. Every part needs to fit just right. So the next time you need parts and accessories, head to eBay Motors, my friends. With eBay Guaranteed Fit, you can be sure that every part you need fits right and and do it the first time around. There's no having to go back to the auto parts store, that type of stuff. Just add your ride to my garage and look for the green check mark to know that that part will fit or your money back. That is the guarantee from our friends at eBay. Because just like in sports, confidence is the name of the game when you shop on eBay Motors. With over 122 million parts to choose from, you'll be back in the game in no time. After all, it's easy to bring home a win when the right parts are guaranteed. Get the right parts, the right fit, and the right prices at ebaymotors.com. Let's ride, my friends. eBay guaranteed fit available only to U.S. customers. Eligible items only and exclusions apply. Once again, that's ebaymotors.com. It's Kubota Orange Day. Shop the years of best selection of Kubota tractors, zero-turn mowers, and utility vehicles, including the number one selling compact tractor in the USA, and now through June 30. Get 0% APR for 84 months or up to $3,300 off select compact tractors. See the details at KubotaOrangedays.com. Your family, your land, and your livestock deserve equipment they can count on. So find your local dealer today. That's KubotaOrangedays.com. Thank you once again for making Locked On Cougars your first listen today. Thank you to all of you who are everydayers with us here on the podcast. Tomorrow, uh, we're continuing on with our position group previews. We'll be done by the end of the week. Uh, tomorrow, we're going to talk about BYU's tight ends. Obviously, headlined by Isaac Rex and uh, a bevy of other bodies there playing around him. Uh, can we see a resurgence of the tight end with a new quarterback under center who seems to be uh, – I'm not trying to say that he wasn't looking at uh, uh, tight ends last year, speaking of Jaron Hall, but can a guy like Keaton Slovis help Isaac Rex get back to being what he was? And will Isaac's health obviously uh, lend itself to a resurgent season in and of its own right? We'll talk about that on tomorrow's podcast. All right, uh, moving along here, let's talk about BYU safeties for a moment. Obviously, the safety group for BYU is headlined by two guys I think are going to be day one starters for BYU. That's Malik Moore and Micah Harper. Both of them established guys, and when they've been healthy, have been absolutely rock stars for BYU on their on this defense. Micah Harper had a fantastic year a year ago. A little bit undersized height-wise for safety, but he plays the position. He looks bigger than he actually is. Five foot 10, 192 pounds. Uh, dealing with a small knee injury towards the end of spring ball, but everything I've heard is he is 100% healthy now, and I expect that he goes into training camp as the starter at one of the safety positions opposite of Malik Moore. Now, Malik Moore did not expect to be in this position coming back to BYU this year because he planned on playing his senior season last year and then jumping to the NFL or whatever was next for him, but ultimately after four games of the season, he suffered a, a hand injury that cost him the rest of the year, and he had to sit out the rest of the year, and he obviously had that uh, red shirt available to him. He utilized it, and he always back hoping to have a healthy senior season and obviously uh, see his NFL fortunes and stock go up as a result. Both of them are fantastic players. Like I said, when they've been available, they have been phenomenal, phenomenal athletes, and I expect that they will be the one-two combo for BYU at safety. The good news is if either of them falter at all, there are other ready and willing bodies that are going to step up. I think the, the first one to keep an eye on is Taylor Alfrey. 
a guy that uh, unfortunately had that uh, Achilles tear that when he got back from his mission, but has recovered quite nicely. He's got fantastic size for a safety at 6'3", 205. He's actually a guy that I thought at some point may ultimately, like uh, we had uh, guys like Micah Hanneman uh, make the move to linebacker this offseason. I thought he ultimately may have to make that move, but has proven himself uh, good enough to stay at safety, and he's got elite size at 6'3", 205, and I think could be the number three guy for BYU at either safety position. And then beyond that, you have guys that are a lot of younger players who are going to be looking to establish themselves in training camp and obviously trying to establish the fact that they feel like they should be part of the rotation early on this season. I think two of them in particular stand out to me because just because of their, I guess, their bloodlines, the, the recruiting profile. The first is Raider DeMooney. Now, many of you might recall Raider when he played at Timview High School just up the road from BYU, was a phenomenal athlete. Three or four-star athlete, depending on which recruiting service you happen to look at. Obviously, his dad, Jack, is still with the BYU uh, uh, program as one of their off-the-field uh, positions, but Raider has got similar size to a guy like Taylor Alfred, 6'2", 210 pounds. He looks every bit the part of an elite, top-tier safety for BYU, the type that they're going to need, frankly, going into the Big 12 Conference. The ability to play in coverage, but at the same time, come down and be a hammer when it comes to playing the run, and that's something that BYU is going to need from him. Will he be able to uh, get that mission rust off of his legs quick enough to make an impression in training camp? I sure hope so, because if he does, he very well could be part of that fo- four-man rotation it feels like the main four guys I feel like at safety just because of his uh, combination of size and athleticism. Other guy I'm looking at is a guy that's kind of been under the radar for a lot of BYU fans, but I think this year might be the year that he finally breaks out. That's Chica Ebunoha. He comes from Tucson, Arizona and Marana High School. Uh, the story is that Preston Hadley, formerly BYU's defensive ends and safeties coach at different points during his time at BYU went down to Marana High School to actually recruit another athlete and the coaches uh, told him, hey we have this kid named Chica Ebonoha. So it's a weird name, but he's a fantastic athlete. And uh, Coach Hadley went out and watched him in practice and was just so impressed with his athleticism, his ability on the football field that he essentially called uh, BYU's the rest of their defensive staff say, hey, I'm going to offer this kid and offered him almost on the spot. That That's the way the story was told to me. And they think that this kid's athleticism is out of this world. And that the thing is, he needs to finally start to establish himself. He's got good size, not elite, but six foot, 180 pounds is good enough to play at safety. There's some thought he ultimately may stick at cornerback is what he started out at as BYU, but they feel like the safety position is better for him in terms of his skill set, and I am hopeful that this training camp will be his coming out party. He'll start to make an impression and really work his way up the depth chart, if not being a backup for BYU. But like I said, if other guys falter, there's going to be opportunities for guys like Preston Rex, the younger brother of Isaac Rex at safety. Uh, Preston had a pretty good spring game, it felt like. was kind of all over the field. He's got an ability, it feels like, to play in multiple positions on this defense if, if it need be, but at six foot 191 pounds, he fits probably best at safety. You also have guys like Ethan Slade, who uh, Ethan continues to kind of be this overperformer that I just don't know what, what it's going to take for him to really break through. A former walk-on from Orem High school. Slade is a guy that seemed to make play after play after play last year during training camp, and the hope is that he'll be able to realize his potential actually on the field. They also made a a position switch for a guy like Tanner Wall, moving over to defense in the hopes that he can find playing time after being a guy that BYU really liked a wide receiver, but had a little bit of a logjam at that position and felt like, you know what, let's move him over there. And Tanner Wall, 6'1", 200 pounds. If you've ever seen Tanner Wall from his high school days to before his mission to now after serving a mission, 
we're talking about a transformation of his body. Aaron Roderick commented on it and said that, that dude went from like this, this good player to looking like a Greek god out there. As Tanner Wall looks absolutely cut, and he'll be obviously looking to make an impression during training camp. But the other thing about this is you also have some freshmen and guys like Ty Burke, who is a former prep star up at Syracuse High School in northern Utah. P.D. Tui Pelotu coming in, the third of the Tui Pelotu brothers, son of former BYU running back uh, Peter Tui Pelotu. P.D. is a return missionary who's 6'3", 195 pounds. He has got an elite size, but is he, he's just returned from a mission. Will he actually be able to make an impression early enough in training camp uh, to really join the rotation? We'll find out. They also have a transfer coming in and crew, Wakely, who played at Utah State. So, uh, similar circumstance, it feels like, to corners where there's a nice blend of athleticism and experience for cornerbacks. But I think it's very clear that I think there are three guys in particular at this safety position, who, in my opinion, are head and shoulders above the rest. With a fourth, if he is uh, be able, if he's been able to kind of. Uh, uh, what do you call it? Uh, get rid of the mission rust uh, and really get back to being what he was in high school in uh, Raider DeMooney. The safety group should be phenomenally uh, talented and should be a fantastic addition to this defense for BYU. Obviously, every one of these guys is going to have to impress a new position coach. Obviously, with Jay Hill as a defensive coordinator, his position group he's going to be coaching are these safeties, and he is not he's not an easy guy to please. Let's just put it that way. He demands uh, a lot of these players that play for him, but the, he, get, he gets the best out of his guys at the same time. So that's, that's the positive if you're a, a BYU safety is you know you're going to be coached up but at the same time, you've got to go out there and impress because if you don't, he's not going to be afraid to tell you that. That's the thing about Jay Hill is he gives you some of that tough love on the field. He is a, a he is a player's coach uh, through and through. He absolutely loves his guys, but he makes sure that he expects the most out of them and makes sure that they understand, hey, this is what it's going to require of you to play in my defense. So. I'm expecting BYU secondary to be pretty solid this year. I'm not necessarily convinced, like I said, at, at the outset of this conversation, that it's going to be elite in any way, shape, or form. But I am convinced that they have the opportunity to go out there and really show what they're capable of, and they're going to have to do that, obviously. This defense was so down last year that I just simply think that the the, the reinvigoration of the coaching staff believing in these guys in some ways should help a little bit of a rebound effort in its own right. But the play of the players on the field is going to be the biggest biggest difference for BYU's defense this year, for good or bad. If they're going to sink back to what they were a year ago, guess what? It could be a very, very long first season in the Big 12. I don't expect that. I expect there's going to be a resurgence, and the nice part is you have an experienced group of players on the back end of the defense that should be able to at least limit some of the the explosive plays in theory for BYU to keep themselves uh, in some of these games where they may be up against a better team or a more talented uh, wide receiving core the like. The secondary should be able to hold things down a little bit for BYU, whereas in the front seven at times, it may take a minute for them to adjust to everything they're expected to do or to really execute what the vision is for this defense early on this season. The nice part is having an experienced crew of guys on the back end should be able to make up and clean up for some of the lapses up front at times, but you can't have too much of that at the same time because there's the whole adage of bend, don't break. Well, you can only bend so far before it ultimately does break, and that whole adage in in the Power Five and the Big 12 you break a lot faster at that level than you did as an independent or a 
back another generation uh, as a G5 football program. So uh, we'll see. It'll be very interesting. But like I said, I think there's an experienced group of guys in this in this defensive secondary. Bigger questions for me at cornerback than at safety. But the nice part is, like I said, there's a nice blend of experience, youth, athleticism, and speed all at different spots there. And the hope is that they can find a good combination and good rotation of guys uh, going into the season, obviously, at, throughout the upcoming month-long uh, training camp beginning next uh, week from today, actually. Week from today crazily enough. We'll be on the field and obviously uh, be out there uh, making sure that we cover it for you guys, having interviews and the like for you guys coming up throughout the month of August leading up to the season. All right, finishing out today's show here in just a moment, uh, we'll talk a little bit about two more games in the 2020 season for BYU. One of them I thought was a pivotal win for BYU because it really kind of marked the the transition of BYU maybe being the big dog in a rivalry that they had struggled in before this. We'll talk about that. We'll also talk about BYU's FCS game in that 2020 season. Both of them ended up being blowouts like a lot of the games that season and we'll do that right here on locked on cougars it's kubota orange day shop the year's best selection of kubota tractors zero turn mowers and utility vehicles including the number one selling compact tractor in the usa and now through june 30 get zero percent apr for 84 months or up to 3300 off select compact tractors see the details at kubotaorangedays.com your family your land and your livestock deserve equipment they can count on. So find your local dealer today. That's KubotaOrangedays.com. Thank you once again for making Locked On Cougars your first listen of the day. Thank you to all of you who are supporting on this podcast, and thank you for uh, tuning in on a daily basis, making it a part of your routine no matter when you watch it, morning, noon, night, late night when I post them typically. Appreciate all of your guys' support. If you'd like to still enter to win, we're going to do our giveaway here next week of that signed Jaron Hall football. Uh, some of you may be new to the podcast and just hearing about this, but I have a signed Jaron Hall football I'm going to be uh, sending out to a grand prize winner. And the way you entered to win that is to show that you're subscribed to the show, whether it's on regular podcast uh, feeds out there, Apple, iTunes, uh, Google, Stitcher, Spotify, or if you're watching this on YouTube, subscribe, send us a screenshot that you are subscribed to the show. Particularly, I love the fact that a number of you are on YouTube and we love nothing more than to have more of you guys subscribe to that's kind of my goal here is to get north of uh, 4,000, hopefully drawing a, uh, close to 5,000 subscribers on YouTube by the time the season begins. It's a pretty audacious goal because we're only about 3,500 right now. But, hey, at the same time, all the support is warranted and appreciated. Uh, but at the same time, please send us an email, lockedonbyu at gmail.com, with a screenshot of you being uh, subscribed to the show, and you're entered to win. The grand prize is that Jaron Hall football, and obviously I've got some other BYU swags. We'll have multiple winners, but the, if you want to get that grand prize and have a chance to win it, you got to email us, lockedonbyu at gmail.com is the email address. All right, before we go on today's show, looking back at two more games during this 2020 season we've been going through for BYU. We've been going through all 155 games of their independent uh, era, I guess I should say, over the past 13 years. But in the 2020 season, many of you might recall, BYU played a, fin- a, a, a crazy schedule. We all know this. And the thing about this is BYU was going to Boise State. It was their first of two top 25 matchups on the season. Boise State had just recently started their season after BYU had started the season 7-0. and The Cougars were ranked in the top 10 at that point at number 9 in the country. Going to Boise State, a place that they had struggled so much 
uh, playing up there on the blue, as they call it, at Albertson Stadium. But this game, like I said in my tease, it felt like it was kind of the changing of the guard and BYU becoming the the, the dominant program in this rivalry. Uh, it really kind of started auspiciously because many of you might recall uh, they had uh, it was about ten minutes early, it was eleven minutes and change to go in the first quarter, eleven twenty four officially. I'm just looking at the score summary here. Tyler Algier, uh, they had a, a nice pass to start the drive. Then Tyler Algier takes a wide zone run, cuts back against the grain right up the gut of the Boise State uh, defense, and races for 86 yards and a touchdown. And at that point, it was like, holy smokes, that was an incredible run. Is this BYU going to be able to do what they did? Uh, well, they haven't been able to do traditionally playing against Boise State uh, when it comes to playing at Albertson Stadium, and that's exactly what they did. They ended up uh, pummeling the Broncos 51-17, to Zach Wilson 3 360, uh, 360 yards, 360, and three touchdowns. Algier had that 86-yard touchdown run, finished with 123 yards and two touchdowns of his own right. And BYU just blew the doors off the Broncos, 51-17, improving to 8-0 on the season. And after this game, it just felt like I said, the, the, the thing about this is it felt like all of a sudden, okay, BYU is really potentially going to do something here. They have an elite quarterback. The NFL draft hype was going higher and higher for Zach Wilson. I said a couple of uh, podcasts ago that I that conversation that I had before the season, actually two or three games in the season, said, hey, Zach Wilson's getting NFL draft hype. But at this point, after he, what he did against Boise State, all of a sudden it felt like, okay, Zach Wilson is a bona fide first-round draft pick. Can he, can he really continue to build upon this? And he absolutely did. BYU ended up running for 213 yards as a team. Zach Wilson, 22 of 28 for the 360 yards. 573 yards later, BYU piles up 51 points and absolutely just punked Boise State on their home field. And like I said, in many ways since then, it's never been the same in this rivalry uh, for BYU and Boise State. BYU's really kind of owned Boise State's number since then. And the sad part is, beginning this year for however long, I don't know how long it's going to take, but that Boise State-BYU rivalry is going on hiatus, which is kind of sad to say, but it's kind of what happens. But then BYU returned home the following week to play their FCS game. They had North Alabama coming to Provo. North Alabama completely overmatched. BYU ranked number 8 in this game. Ends up with a 66-14 to win. Zach Wilson threw for four touchdown passes, uh, playing only part of the game. 10-16 of for 212 yards. Baylor Romney had a touchdown pass of his own, going 8-10 of for 65 yards. So five touchdown passes. And then uh, Miles Davis and Tyler Algier running for two touchdowns apiece. Tyler Algier with 141 yards rushing. BYU was a team 278 yards and uh, at that point BYU's 9-0 on the season and it felt like okay what ultimately could transpire here for BYU in the 2020 season? The uh, the B, uh, not the BCS rankings, the uh, the what college football playoff rankings were coming out, and BYU was in the top 10. The question was, were they going to get one of those New Year's Six bowl slots? Well, uh, there was a lot of naysayers out there, including a certain uh, leader of the the college football playoff uh, selection committee at the time. But uh, the thing about this is BYU felt like they needed to establish themselves and prove themselves, and We'll talk about a pretty pivotal game in all this coming up on tomorrow's show, and I think you guys know exactly what one I am talking about, and we'll get to that on tomorrow's edition of the podcast. So that's going to do it for today's edition of the show. A big thank you to all of you for your support, as always. Hope you guys are having a fantastic Tuesday. Whenever you hear this, please enter to win that Jaron Hall football as well as other BYU swag. Like I said, LockedOnBYU at gmail.com is the way to enter, and please send that in now. And until tomorrow, my friends, have a great rest of your day. Oh, by the way, uh, real quick, uh, one of the 
thing on this. Uh, the giveaway, uh, we'll be doing that next week at some point during training camp. I probably, I haven't est- established a date. I need to get all of the entries into a number generator. So uh, bear with me while I get that set up, but we will get that giveaway done ASAP. Just, I know a number of you have asked about the exact date. We'll do it soon enough. I just got to have some time to sit down. There are hundreds of you who have already entered. I've just got to enter the names into the uh, number generator I use. And as soon as I have that done, I'll be working on that throughout this week and early next week. Once that's done, we'll get the giveaway done. But nonetheless, a big thank you once again for making Locked On Cougars your first listen today. And thank you to all of you uh, for your support and being everydayers with us here on the podcast. Once again, until tomorrow, this has been the Locked On Cougars podcast. See ya. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. 